What is up, everyone? Welcome to uh, episode 24 of the 307 Film Room with your host, Mitchell O'Brien. We have our co-host, Stephen Forbes, here. And we're just going to wait one second while we wait for our special guest, uh, Jacob Reed, coach of the London Bulldogs, on today. I, I think this is the first time you ever introduced me as a co-host instead of just a special guest. Oh, that's true. I, I think I finally... <laughs> Adapted my words. There we it's, go. It's, it's not just Mitchie's show anymore. And we have our second, second uh, uh, host here, Jacob Reed. Welcome, welcome to the Three Hundred Seven Film Room. Thank you, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah. So uh, t- on today's episode, we're going to be talking about all things RFL draft linebackers. So we're just going to hop right into it. Uh, coming in at number ten, we have Juice Adams the third out of UCLA, standing at six foot two twenty six. Uh, Juice Adams is a small linebacker as he plays the banded linebacker role for the Bruins defense. Uh, he's very quick in short. He's very has yeah short area quickness as he can survey over the middle. Uh, pro comp was Joseph Pinkston, middle linebacker, Mexico City Diablos. I'll let you go first, Jacob. Okay. Uh, you know, I have done a little bit of uh, research on a, on a lot of these linebackers because I feel like the linebacker class is, is pretty good as a whole. Um, you know, and I obviously got some firsthand look at, at Juice Adams the third because uh, my player Jacob Reed Jr. being on the, the Baylor Bears played UCLA directly this season. And uh, um, yeah, it says he's a, he's a smaller linebacker. Um, but I think that, uh, this is a guy that, you know, like it says there, he's a, you know, has small area quickness. And, uh, I think that he's, he's versatile and a guy that is certainly going to be on a lot of people's boards and, uh, somebody that I think deserves to be on this list. Yeah, man. Juice, Juice Adams only being 226. It's not that he's too small to play linebacker. Um, because you know he played it real well at UCLA. If you go back and watch, especially in the beginning of the season, he uh, he really showed you what he could do. Just as the U- UCLA team as a whole just kind of fell off going later into it, but um, I think this guy would be a great sub linebacker kind of guy going into the smaller packages, but can still cover tight ends and running backs, especially out of the backfield on flats and whatnot. So uh, I think whatever team takes him will be happy. Yeah, especially uh, well. The thing that I just thought of is, if you change Juice Adams' position, he wouldn't be able to go back to linebacker with the RFL's rules, as you must weigh two thirty to play linebacker. So he would be a Frederick Cockerham situation where you move Cockerham to the strong safety, and Cockerham can't go back to his native position of linebacker under yes. the RFL. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that was funny to me when I. Uh... Cause you know I, I was I did need help at the safety position early in the season, and I saw that Cockerham fit the description being two twenty eight. So I switched him, and then when I went to go look and see if I could switch him back, they're like, "Oh no, he's too light." <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. So coming in at number nine, we have Jedediah Richardson, uh, middle linebacker from West Virginia, standing six foot two, two hundred and fifty eight pounds. Uh, Jedediah Richardson was a signal caller for the Mountaineers defense as he showed off great ability to diagnose offensive play calls. He has great athleticism to help cover sideline to sideline in both run defense and coverage. Pro comp DeMario Waters, middle linebacker, Dublin Shamrocks. 
So one of the things that I like a lot about Jedediah Richardson is his instincts. Uh, you know, he you know seems to be very aware of the play around him. He's he's quick to diagnose things, and uh, you know that can't be uh, that can't be overstated for a linebacker projected for for the RFL. You know, you need a guy that can can you know, diagnose the play, figure out what's going on around him and make the right first step and get to where he needs to go. Uh, he has the athletic tools to take him there and he has the mindset and the, you know, the, the uh, mental ability to, to diagnose those plays and, and get the job done and, and, and not really make too many mistakes in doing so. Yeah. Um, the only, my only issue with Jared Everson is that he is practically 260 pounds. I feel like this guy is an outside linebacker more than a middle linebacker. Definitely a coverage kind of guy, as uh, I'm not sure he has the pass rush ability. But uh, I really want to see what he runs in the 40 and the 3 coming out of his combine to see if I'd rather have him at middle linebacker or weak side. I think he's too big to play strong side, especially trying to go against faster tight ends and slot receivers. But um, this guy could definitely be a sleeper in the later rounds. For sure, like yeah, staying at two sixty—that's uh, that's a pretty hefty linebacker, right there, uh, for sure. Uh, great, great in the run defense, that being that big. Uh, coming in at number eight, we have Kenny Forrester Jr., middle linebacker, Texas, uh, standing six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Forrester was also known as the lumberjack as he uh, makes his plays at the line of scrimmage, taking out line uh, running backs' knees. Uh, Forrester. Showed great ability to make big plays when it counts, as he's one of the best thumpers in the country. Pro comp sent Kenny Summers, middle linebacker, London Monarchs. Uh, so you know, Kenny Forrester, I think, is a guy that came in with a lot of hype into the into the the college series, and I think that he lived up to it. Um, honestly, I think that this is a guy that a lot of people look at as a, a top potential linebacker coming into this league. And I think that uh, the pro comp is, is spot on there. I, I, I really like what, what Forrester has to offer as a run stopper and certainly somebody that, you know, I'll be looking out for, for, for the Bulldogs and, and somebody that I think a lot of teams in this league could use, uh, you know, as that kind of true run stopping type of linebacker. Yeah. I think Kenny, uh, yeah, I think Kenny Forrester, outside of we have at one and two, might be the third best run-stopping uh, middle linebacker in this uh, in this class. You know, he's another one of those guys who's only 220, probably going to play that strong side linebacker, that sub linebacker, who's a little quicker than most, but can still you know come downhill and come downhill and hit hard. But, you know, I need to see how strong he is. Can he take on the block of a guard or center at the RFL level and continue to make plays the way he did at that size? That's what I need to see from him. Yeah, Kenny Forrester is definitely on the lighter side. So it's that's going to be crucial to see how he can uh, handle uh, the linemen and being able to disrupt their blocks. Coming in at number seven, we have Charles Turner, middle linebacker, Alabama, standing at six foot three, two 235 pounds. Turner has been the signal caller of the Crimson Tide defense as he's been one of the lone bright spots of the defensive side of the ball for the Crimson Tide. Turner keeps his teammates motivated going back, going out to play their best. Turner also keeps the guys in front of him alive in, in, in the backfield. Pro comp, Stefan Bailey, middle linebacker, uh, Dublin Shamrocks. 
That's yeah. daily and daily. I think that uh, I think that um, you know Turner's you know the note there that you had for him about you know keeping his team motivated and and basically being a leader is a great uh, kind of you know parallel for him or or, or or comparison for him because you know when you look at his stat sheet he doesn't have a whole lot of stats in terms of like sacks interceptions you know force fumbles or anything like that so he doesn't stick out in terms of like a thumper role. Um, or anything like that, but he was a tackle machine. He had he had 144 combined tackles, and you know that is what you're looking for out of a you know a young linebacker coming to the league. He's certainly a very interesting player coming out of Alabama, playing against top competition, and uh, you know playing there uh, for the Crimson Tide, Tide, who were one of the best teams you know in the college series. So you know there's certainly a lot of uh, you know, a lot of uh, scouting that needs to take place with Charles Turner if people are maybe overlooking him or something like that, because I feel like he could be potentially an overlooked type of player that, you know, people need to have on their boards. Yeah, and uh, I think we also need to bring up that Charles Turner is a generic player. He wasn't submitted. So, you know, I feel like if he was an actual player, we might have him a little higher on this list, but we just can't do that with so many submitted linebackers. But um, I, I will say, I think Charles Turner uh, being at number seven is our first true every down little linebacker on this play. He's, he's a guy who can go out there and lead your defense. He can play first, second, and third, run, stop, pass, rush, anything you want him to do. He just has to have the right coach to develop him. Yeah, Charles Turner definitely has uh, great potential. Again, he's a generic. So he's going to be on the lower side of things just off of how many great linebackers we have in this draft. It's going to be difficult for him to uh, be higher overall than some others. Uh, but, yeah, coming in number six, we have Justin Euron, middle linebacker, uh, Wisconsin badges. Uh, 6'1", 234. Justin Euron was a quiet assassin as he's been one of the most dangerous linebackers in the country. He's an excellent blitzer and has the ability to drop into zone coverage. Euron can do anything asked of him, and is probably the most balanced linebacker in the country. Pro comp, Nolan Angelo, middle linebacker, uh, San Antonio Dreadnoughts. One other note on Justin Euron, he's 24 years old, so he's like a fifth-year senior. So he's uh, definitely well-experienced and uh, played a lot of football. Yeah, I think experience is a good way to to look at your run. Um, this is a guy that led the college series linebackers in interceptions with three, as you said, probably the most balanced linebacker because he does have those interceptions and pass deflections to go along with that. You can see that he can drop back into coverage and do it successfully. Um, you know, not necessarily up there in terms of the lead in tackles or anything like that, but he was, you know, tops in the in the in the college series. So did very well with everything that he did. And I think maybe that advanced age, uh, you know, coming in as a 24 year old prospect helps out a player like that. You know, that's that's how they develop those well-rounded skills. And that's, uh, again, a skill set that you would love to have on an RFL team. Um, and I'm sure that he will fit in somewhere where successfully. Yeah, man, Yaron's another one of those players that we have a lot of in this league that can do everything great, but I'm not quite sure he's elite at anything. But however, being a linebacker, I think that works out great for him. It's going to have a lot of draft stock to go with that. You know, I think we're starting to get into get into these guys who could be day one starters. I know we're only at six, and that doesn't usually happen with our list. 
but the middle linebacker class this year was just elite compared to other positions. Yeah, like Justin, you're on. Like, if you want a game to see how how absolutely insane he is, you just have to go watch against uh, Nebraska. He had like two picks, two sacks, two TFLs, two forced fumbles, like the dimes a dozen. If you want two of something, go watch that game, and he'll give you two of two of everything, but more than two tackles. But yeah, uh, coming in number five, we have arguably the best coverage linebacker, Dan Glissick, linebacker, Oregon, six foot three, two hundred thirty five pounds. Uh, Glissick was a bright spot on the mediocre Oregon defense. He proved himself to be the best coverage linebacker in the draft with 16 pass deflections, also racking up over 100 tackles and 15 TFLs. Glissick may be one of the most pro-ready linebackers in this class. All he needs to do is sh- uh, show that he can compete with the best of them. Pro comp uh, Duke Pascal, middle linebacker, Toronto Huskies. This is a guy that I think is super interesting and, you know, may jump some of the other guys that we have here on the board just simply because of the way the RFL plays, you know, maybe not necessarily going to come in as the highest overall or the best development or anything like that. But, you know, that coverage skill is crucial, Uh, you know, with the way the RFL plays, you know, very pass heavy in, in a lot of situations, there are a lot of pass heavy teams. Everybody's looking for the next pass coverage linebacker. And when you talk about developing skills for a linebacker, what's easier? Is it easier to develop true linebacker skills or is it easier to develop pass coverage skills? It's always more difficult to develop those pass coverage skills. So getting a guy that already has those pass pass coverage skills coming in makes your life easier as an RFL team. And so I think that there is the potential for this guy to rise up a lot of people's boards, especially if they value that skill set more than anything else. You know, like you said, I don't I don't think that there's many other guys that match that type of skill set. So if you want that pass coverage skill set, you almost have to go after a guy here uh, like Glissick. Yeah, just just like these guys just said, Glissick by far, I have to say, is the best pass coverage linebacker in the college series. There's not many others who can say they were able to cover practically any position. Uh, outside. You mean Jake can attest that he played corner against Oregon for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah. So, but yeah, like these guys said, best pass coverage. This is my sleeper linebacker in the draft. I'm being honest with you guys. I really like Lissick. I think he's going to shock some people in the RFL. And I think he's going to be faster than most and have better pass coverage skills. So even if he's not, you know, a high over higher overall than Alfred Walker, he may start before him just because like Jacob said, that's what coaches are looking for nowadays in the RFL. Yeah, Dan Glissick definitely is going to turn some heads with his ability to uh, get on the field early and often in his uh, young RFL career. Uh, going to number four, we have uh, Josh Hardy, middle linebacker, Miami, standing six foot five, two hundred fifty-five pounds. Josh Hardy has climbed many people's boards after going back and watching his tape in Miami. Uh, Hardy moves extremely well for a player of his size, and his coverage ability was also quite impressive as well. Hardy uses his size to take advantage of getting into passing lanes. His only flaw that I saw in Hardy's game was his lack of ability to shed blocks when engaged with offensive linemen while blitzing. Pro comp, Jack Brown, middle linebacker, Brooklyn Bulls. Josh Hardy is a super interesting linebacker uh, prospect. Uh, This is a guy that you could rank anywhere from, you know, top 
five to top 15, depending on, on how you look at it. Um, this is kind of your prototypical, um, uh, you know, athlete type of guy, you know, or, or, or like he has, you know, the body that, that a lot of teams are looking for. And so they'll take that frame and try to build the player that they want out of it. So, you know, coming in at 20 years old, lots of room for development, six foot five, 255. The height is something that is, you know, could be crazy valuable at the, the middle linebacker spot. Now, this is also a guy that could have that flexibility to bump outside because of his size at six foot five, 255. Um, but, you know, like you said in your analysis, getting in the way, getting in passing lanes and, and things like that, having that that frame um, and, you know, that basically that wingspan to be able to, you know, maybe get a couple tip passes where other linebackers wouldn't be capable because they don't have the same size. That is something that, uh, you know, teams are always looking for because everybody wants to have that that frame to, to mold their player around. And, and if you're looking for somebody that has the size you're looking for, Josh Hart he might be that player yeah uh definitely what jacob said i think this is someone who is going to go to outside linebacker based off his size just being six foot five 250 something right yeah 255 mm-hmm. i just he's someone who's going to be outside whether it be three four or four three maybe they you know he might not be the best pass rusher but at that size i feel like he can definitely um cause some disruption as a more physical pass rusher even if he's, you know, he is a coverage linebacker in a sense, a run stuffer. But uh, just his size and build, I think he profiles better at outside linebacker in the RFL. Yeah, Josh Hardy uh, definitely is a, a sleeper pick. Definitely a person I'm looking at uh, for the Snowhawks uh, in this upcoming draft. Coming in at number three, we have Alfred Walker, outside linebacker. Only outside linebacker to make, make this list, actually. Uh, Alfred Walker played outside linebacker at the University of Georgia. Uh, six foot three, two hundred forty-three pounds. Alfred Walker was the best outside linebacker in the country as he put pressure on the quarterback. But most predominantly, he's an excellent coverage linebacker for the Bulldogs. Oh, Jacob got excited. <laughs> Walker, as well, is a great uh, run defender and led his team in tackles and tackles for loss. Walker is an all-down da- all linebacker. Pro comp, Lewis Roy, linebacker, Mexico City Diablos. I'm sure Forbes is happy to hear that pro comp, but I like uh, I, I like the versatility of this guy. You know, Alfred Walker is somebody that, uh, you know, could play a couple different positions if you needed him to, but when you look at his stat sheet, I think that his versatility jumps out on the screen. You know, you look at a guy that had 133 tackles, he had a couple of sacks added in there, a couple of interceptions, uh, a handful of pass deflections, some forced fumbles. You know, he he was on the stat sheet in pretty much every category. So, you know, that's that's absolutely huge. He also is one of the few linebackers that returned a, a I believe it was an interception for a touchdown. Um, so, you know, having those killer instincts are, are very helpful as well. You know, having a guy that, you know, you can tell has the instincts to, uh, you know, do what needs to be done, get his get his nose dirty and, and you know, really, you know, hit the guys he needs to hit, hit the whole uh, diagnose plays. I think he does a lot of things well. Um, and, you know, I think I could talk for a while about Alfred Walker, but, uh, you know, that's that's, you know, what we have to say, what I have to say about it. Yeah, we're definitely getting into the the best of the best in our linebacker list, starting with uh, Alfred Walker. Um, and it was even hard putting at putting him at three. I mean, we all know who number one's going to be just because the way that player played. 
But Alpha Walker could easily have been number two on this list. You know? So everyone already said everything about Alfred Walker pretty much. This guy is unstoppable anywhere you want to put him. I do see him as a guy who stays, who, who transfers to middle linebacker, though, just because of how physical he is. I feel like he'll be a menace in the uh, in the run-stuffing game and has the versatility to play anywhere you want, like Jacob said. Uh, definitely expect to see this guy in the field early and often. Yeah, so uh, moving to number two, we have Logan Russell uh, from the University of Minnesota. Go Gophers. Uh, six foot three, 245 pounds. Uh, Russell is an all-around linebacker as he led. He was second in the nation in tackles as he showed exceptional skills and coverage along with great run defense. Russell is a good athlete as he can cover sideline to sideline on any given down. Russell has a high motor and a nose for the ball. Pro comp A.J. Pestock. Middle linebacker, Sacramento Miners. Logan Russell, I think, definitely, you know, had the the top linebacker not been there, I think Logan Russell would have would have hands down been the top linebacker. Uh, you know, this is a guy that I think, with the exception of of Jacob Reed Jr. ahead of him, who had like a a insane season. Uh, this is a guy that would have been the number one linebacker in any other year basically is kind of the way that I look at it. 152 tackles is crazy. A lot of tackles for loss, some sacks thrown in there, interceptions, pass deflections. He's got some forced fumbles. I mean, this guy did it all. Um, very much like I said with Alfred Walker, kind of a, a backer that I see as a type of player that can do what whatever I ask him to do in the RFL. Um, you know, and I, I, I like, uh, you know, a lot of what he has to offer. I think that um, he, he stands to, you know, get a starting job, pretty quick in the RFL and um, you know, I, I kind of look forward to seeing what this guy can do uh, whenever he's drafted. Yeah. Especially with Logan Russell. I think anyone in this, t- any, any of these three players in the top three could be top 10 draft picks. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. I think these linebackers, especially Logan Russell, Alfred Walker and Jacob Reed have really separated themselves from the pack and really shown that they, they're all pro ready. They're all ready to start day one. They're ready to get it going. I think I think these three players might be my favorite for defensive rookie of the year, even over Jermaine Taylor, because I'm not sure how well D tackle is going to transfer right away. Yeah, uh, Logan Russell played a great season for the Gophers and uh, helped helped lead his team to a Big Ten championship. Uh, very e- very easy but difficult Big Ten conference. Uh, all around the season, but they came out victorious. And coming to number one, it's been well known. I think everyone knew it was coming. We already alluded to it. But it's <laughs> Jacob Reed Jr., middle linebacker from the University of Baylor, six for one, two hundred and thirty-five pounds. Jacob Reed flies to the ball on every play. He led the nation in tackles with one hundred and sixty-six on the season. No other linebacker came downhill as hard as he did. When it comes to stuffing the ball carrier, however, Jacob Reed's shown he's unreliable when it comes to dropping back into coverage as he is one of the lowest pass deflection totals of any linebacker and has yet to record an interception this season or on the season. Uh, Pro comp Zachary Dombrowski, middle linebacker, Armadillos. 
Yeah, so Jacob Reed Jr. is a super interesting prospect. Like you said, I think that the weakness here with him is the the pass coverage skills. And that's interesting with all things being considered because this is a player that uh, is pretty much a safety build, a strong safety build. Um, you know, so for a team that is potentially looking for a player that is versatile, this is a guy that can do basically anything you ask of him. There were times where Baylor chose... Point. Well, there were times where Baylor tried to put him at corner, which was, I I don't know what they were doing, but, you know, I mean, he wasn't horrible, but, you know, you can't expect a, a linebacker to cover I mean, a, a, who, who thought 85 speed wouldn't be able to match up with 99? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, that was interesting. But, I mean, the other thing that I have to say, so so let's say you want to play him at a different position. The other thing to, to state about Jacob Reed that I feel like it's overlooked a lot, and this is, this I'm just going to be able to put this out there because he's my player, is he led all... Son. He led all linebackers in sacks with eight sacks. So, you know, there is some pass rush ability there for him, um, you know, and, you know, maybe not the specific pass rush moves or anything like that. But, um, you know, a guy that you can see has the nose for the ball. He, I think he has the best first step out of any linebacker here, maybe potentially the most athletic linebacker out of anybody. And this guy led the entire college series in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks. Oh, no, he, did, he didn't lead, he didn't he didn't lead the nation in tackles for loss. Well, that was Sean Fowler. Line, oh, did he really? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Fowler had 22. You had 20. Right, right. That's right. There you Appreciate go, Fowler. You got to out. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, it's a guy that can do – it's a guy that can do everything. And I think that that 166 shattered the tackle record. I don't – maybe, Mitchie, you know oh, yeah. what the uh, tackle was record definitely was. definitely did. <laughs> so – I think the first season in the college series, the tackle record was 109. So, how about that? Yeah. And, and now this... almost everyone on this list had over 110. Right. Yeah. I don't know what you guys want me to see. I don't know what you want me to say, dude. Like, Jacob Reed, <laughs> the Jacob Reed, if it wasn't for Jermaine Taylor, Daryl Johnson, blah, blah, blah. If, if, if you're looking for a linebacker and you have the number one overall pick, you take Jacob Reed. He's just worth that pick. Now, I know he's a coach's player, so you know he might not have the great development, but he he is he was the best linebacker in this class, hands down. Best floor for sure, like hands down. He's got to have the best floor. I don't know about ceiling because obviously, again, being a coach's son uh, does uh, shaft you in that department of not being able to uh, progress. One right. be deemed uh, a development trait, and also. Uh, up being upgraded with reloads so it's natural madden progression he's one of those guys that i feel like because he had such an insane season he might be able to get a dev trade i don't know i don't you know i don't claim I mean, to know how all that works but i mean my my best guess is between a 75 and a 78 with star yeah yeah be my guess yeah, on so yeah, so that's uh, that's the top 10. Just a quick review. We had Juice Adams at 10. 9 was Jedi Richardson. 8, Kenny Forrester Jr. Number 7, Charles Turner. Number 6, Justin Euron. Number 5, Dan Glissick. Number 4, Josh Hardy. 3 was Alfred Walker. 2 was Logan Russell. And number 1 was Jacob Reed Jr. Now let's head to the question period of, of the podcast. We're at 27 minutes. I'm quite I'm quite happy with this so far. But first question comes in from Chris Paul, CP25. He said, fastest linebacker and best coverage linebacker. 
Well, uh, best coverage linebacker, I think, was already, already declaimed to be uh, Dan Glissick. Bass's linebacker? That's that's going to be up for debate. Yeah, there's you know Dan Glissick. I think no question about that. Best best coverage guy. That you know, there's no debate there. Fastest linebacker is interesting because there's a couple different ways you could look at it. Like Jacob Reed Jr. has the fastest first step. You know, this guy had 99 Excel. So, uh, but then you have guys that actually had 99 speed, like Khalil Grayson, um, and a couple of other guys that were very fast as well. I don't know if anybody comes to mind for you guys. Well, surprisingly, this is going to sound when I say this, but Josh Hardy standing at six foot five, two fifty five, and ninety speed, ninety excel, ninety agility. So when I think he might be the most about, athletic. I don't think he'd be the fastest. Ah, uh, yeah, he might. He's probably the f- most athletic, but running in a straight line, probably Phil Grayson with his ninety nine speed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I would have to go with. Uh coming to the second question, coming from Anthony Fry. What do you look for most in the linebacker? Tax for loss, coverage ability, or total tackles? Well, me personally, I want I want all three. I want someone who can tackle in the backfield and make cause negative plays for the offense, be able to cover, and be able to tackle and not get their ankles broken. So that's me. I agree there. Uh, personally speaking, and... This just goes to my philosophy specifically, but I look for physicals. You know, uh, you have to have the base to build a player on. So, you know, you could get a, a guy that has crazy good ability, but if he's limited by like 75 speed, there's only so much you can do. You can't really develop that speed. Uh, so, you know, athleticism is huge for me. And for me, man, I just, I'd rather. I'd rather have, have you be a strong cover guy and an okay tackler instead of the other way around. Especially with a linebacker, if you're filling a gap like you're supposed to, but you're letting up a five-yard carry instead of a three-yard, I can't you know, I can't drill you. But if you're letting up 10-yard pass, 8-yard pass, 11-yard pass, 8-yard pass, like if they're just driving down the field on your head, then I got a problem. Yeah, so uh, definitely different uh... – variants of what we want in our linebackers uh next question came from richard grooms which linebacker do you think is a jack of all trades um uh, Yaron. Yaron, definitely definitely justin Yaron. like uh he's like a dante hightower type linebacker like he'll do everything he'll pass rush cover like everything like it, it was incredible watching Yaron. If you want to talk about players that put up stats in every single category, um, I like looking at guys like Salua Scott, who wasn't on this list, or Juice Adams the third. Both put up a stat in every category, I think. So actually Salua didn't have an interception, but you know, there are some Scott's also like two eighty. Right. Juice Juice Adams though, the one of the few guys that put up a stat in every single category. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I already answered this. Yeah, next question uh, comes from Alfred Walker himself. Who will have an immediate impact on a team that drafts them? Honestly, any linebacker on this list, and probably any linebacker that didn't make this list. Yeah, because if I, you can, if you can find a rotational role, you can make an impact. I've got Jacob's got six linebacker spots open. If you need, if anyone wants yeah, to right? be a. Bull- <laughs> right i have i have like 
14 or 15 middle linebackers that could make an Im immediate impact. And that's not even counting outside linebackers, you know, as they're, as they're labeled, uh, you know, yeah. I'd say at least 20 players out of that, you know, probably find a good role on a team somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I just like, I think any linebacker, if you need one, will make an impact in the top 15 or 20. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a thin position for a lot of teams. So whether these guys end up coming in and starting or finding a rotational role, like Mitchie said, there, there, there's the potential there for a lot of these guys to make an impact right away. And our next question comes from uh, Chrome Chrome RFL OG. Uh, which linebacker do you think will be drafted the highest in this draft? I think, um, I think it should over. be Logan Russell. Yeah. Uh, I think Jacob yeah. Reed is the best linebacker. But I think Logan Russell has the best potential. I could. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I, I was just going to say I could also theoretically see Glissick with those coverage abilities uh, just being being, you know, basically reached for. I could see, yeah, I, I see that. I I definitely could see that as well. Uh, I would say either uh, a Logan Russell and Alfred Walker. Even a Jacob Reed, like it's pretty well consensus that we think Jacob Reed's going to have a lower ceiling due to obviously not having all the aspects of every other linebacker on this list being able to be user controlled and upgraded. So of the of the users that can upgrade their ceiling, it probably should be Logan Russell or Alfred Walker. Yeah. So that's that question. Next next question uh, from Lita Loso, uh, sleeper pack. We'll also go with uh, Markel's question, which is also similar. Any underrated linebackers to look out for? I don't really think there's any one underrated because we're saying any everyone can be used. My sleeper yeah. pick, though, is Kenny Forster. I uh, I have a whole bunch of sleeper picks. Uh, I mean, I feel like the the some of the linebackers that just didn't make this list, guys like Salua Scott, who's six foot four, two seventy six, has mm. like a lot of potential as a player that could play anywhere in the front seven. Uh, maybe it's not even defense tackle, end. but yeah. So Salua Scott, Khalil Grayson, like I mentioned earlier, has that that straight line speed. Um, and then, you know, Hunter Gray as a middle linebacker, I liked a little bit. I you know, out of uh, I think he went. What which college did he go to? I think I'm missing it here on my sheet. But Hunter Gray was an Oklahoma State Cowboy. And then I will I will say as well. I think there were some outside linebackers that that you know potentially offer some things. You know, uh, Sean Best Jr., Christian Bonnet, John Fowler. Well, I was definitely going to say we definitely need to give some love to Sean Best because. He comes in at number eleven for anyone that's wondering on our list. He just he just didn't make the list. He came in at number eleven. So yeah, my sleeper pick would probably have been uh, Wesley King from Tennessee. Oh yeah, he's uh, good. I like him. I like Wesley King from Tennessee. He's a he's a solid linebacker. Again, good short quickness. Not gonna not gonna carry a tight end all the way down the field, but uh, definitely has that short area quickness that uh person looks for to cover over the middle of the field if we uh, want next... to talk sorry no. i just wanted one more note if we want to talk about storyline type stuff so d tackle jermaine taylor best 
D tackle in the class, potentially best player in the class, uh, relative Jaquan Taylor Luby, uh, yeah. outside linebacker has some potential. Bloodline, maybe it's there. Maybe it's in his blood for him. Yeah, our next question actually comes from Mr. Jermaine Taylor himself, so it's a great lead up. He asked, which linebacker should change positions? Uh, probably any outside linebacker that was made that made a 3-4 outside linebacker probably should go to defensive end depending on how much they weigh because uh, yes a lot of teams run 3-4s but a lot of these a lot of those players were underutilized at their schools cuz most schools were running 4-3 systems so unless they go to the right right scheme fit they're probably going to have to move to defensive end if they want a chance to uh grow grow as a player and I've already said throughout this list who I think could play what. Yeah, I, I think I just kind of agree there. Not too much more to add. Yeah, so our next our next final question for the community, and then we'll go to actually Mr. Jacob Reed's questions, which he has for us every week. <laughs> uh, who, who is the linebacker with the highest upside? I think we already said this. That was, At least I agree with Forbes saying that uh, Logan Russell has probably the highest upside and could be the first linebacker off the board. Yeah, I think I agree there. Alfred Walker's a close second. Oh, hard, yeah, hard, to, hard to beat that too. I mean, you look at Logan Russell, six foot three, two forty five, so he's almost like the perfect size for a linebacker. Twenty years old, lots of room to grow. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's just come to uh, Jacob's questions that he had has for us every week. Uh, who is the most balanced player within this position group? Uh, probably Justin Uron. Like he he's he did everything at a exceptional level, nothing elite, but nothing underwhelming. At least that's my opinion. I'm with you there. I I think that's the player I would pinpoint. I could definitely go with Yaron. Uh, next next question is who is the rawest athletic talent at the position? So uh, Josh Hardy. Co- I, I was gonna say probably Josh Hardy. Uh, he, you know what? He's one of those Florida boys, as a uh, as uh, quoted a couple podcasts ago, su- Southern Florida, they run fast. They're, <laughs> they're the raw athletes. I liked how CP clipped that. That was funny. But yeah, I, I'm going with Hardy because the 90 Excel, 90 agility, 90 speed, he was the only player that had 90 at every uh, category in that thing. Like Jacob Reed had 99 Excel, 90, like 90 speed and 85 agility. So like that's close too, but uh, I- just a, perfect base 90 yeah i think i think those are the the two players that i would say up there probably competing with each other jacob reed who do you view as a day one starter from this position group top three for sure but (laughs) anyone on this list yeah yeah absolutely uh number question number four do you view any of these players as a specific team fit within the rfl no, I wouldn't uh, be surprised to see Jacob Reed on the Bulldogs. No, I think that would work out great considering uh, Jacob Reed's scheme. I think Jacob Reed could fit great uh, in the Bulldogs' uh, playbook. A lot of Jacob for, Reeds for, there. For sure. <laughs> if, if Jacob yeah. Reed can convince if Jacob Reed can convince me to let him draft Jacob Reed, then Jacob Reed's going to be a very happy man because he's going to be able to bring in Jacob Reed into the Bulldogs <laughs> organization, and we'll have two Jacob Reeds on the same team, just That'd like be. we have two Mitchell O'Briens on the Portland Snowhawks. We're going to have Great. two Jake Reeds. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's a 
I hope that that can happen. I I'm not counting my not counting my chickens. I don't think that's I don't think it's gonna happen, but I'm hopeful. Yeah, but uh, pretty much any team that wants a coverage linebacker and runs a lot of uh, Tampa too, then that's that's a great fit for Dan Glesick. I don't know actually any teams that week by week run Tampa two as their as their scheme, but that could be a good fit. Who do you think uh, needs linebacker the most? Because I feel like Logan the Portland Russell, Snowhawks. The so, Portland Snowhawks. I currently have none under contract next year. Okay. So there's a couple <laughs> couple fits there. <laughs> any any linebacker on this list can fit the Portland Snowhawks. We'll, any we'll any linebacker on the list who's there at his uh draft pick, I think uh I think Yeah, and, any linebacker that makes it to my first round pick fits my team. Yeah, but uh or any linebacker that's not on this list, if they fall to a pick of mine, might <laughs> might make it to Portland. But uh, yeah, next next question, question number five: How does this position position stack up in terms of depth in comparison to other positions in position groups? Pretty deep, in my opinion. I, I would say this is pretty deep. Of you can probably go 15, 20 players deep and still find somebody that can contribute on your team. This one's interesting because it's it's deep. It's it's a position that's needed across the RFL, and it, obviously it's it's always you know everybody wants linebackers, um, and you know so it's kind of like the perfect fit, uh, and players played well. It's not like it's deep because you know they it's just like needed. It's it's deep because they played well, and then the needs there as well. Well, it's pretty difficult to play bad as a middle linebacker. You're in on every, almost every single play. So if you were playing bad, I would have some concerns. <laughs> uh, but coming in as our final question of, of the day, uh, we have where will these players be drafted in comparison to other positions? Is this position high needed across the league that will be prioritized or will it be lower on the totem pole? Yeah, I think this is this is one of the positions that definitely go earlier than others. Yeah, so I might me as the Snowhawks. If I do end up making the playoffs, I might get like the fourth best linebacker or the fifth best linebacker because four could go before my pick in the twenties. So, like, it's it's really going to be interesting to see how uh, this position falls within the first round, the second round, the third round. Because again, as a person who needs linebackers, kind of need a couple of them to be there when I when it's my pick. So that's that's going to be very uh, interesting for me to uh, sit back and watch and see how the board falls. Yeah, and I this is I mean maybe maybe we see this because it's a deep position maybe we see a bit more of a slide because people think they can get good linebackers later or something like that and they need to take the other positions first. So it's one of those things where you could see it go either way, I think. I fully support that. Cha cha slide down to the Portland Snowhawks pick. <laughs> let 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 the linebackers fall. Snowhawks yeah, putting but... the league on notice. Everybody knows knows what position they're drafting. Yeah, if they, if people didn't know the position that I was looking at the first round, then they clearly have been listening. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, that's that's everything that we have for uh, today's linebacker podcast. So I hope everyone enjoyed this, Fowler. I hope I hope that you don't uh, cry too much. You were close to making the top ten, just just couldn't edge it out 
to make it. But uh, yeah, uh, thank you too for uh, obviously Forbes being our, my co-host. And thank you, Jacob, for joining this linebacker podcast as a special guest. We'll have Jacob on later in this process when we do our first mock draft. Uh, we'll also have Carlton Scruggs on as well, hopefully, for the mock draft. So we're uh, looking forward to that. That's coming in the, in the next couple weeks uh, as the draft order uh, starts to solidify. So, Mitch, there's only we only got two positions left, right? Yeah, corners and uh, quarterbacks. So everyone will now finally get to uh, rest as uh, those are the two positions that people will be asking for the most. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, appreciate so we you guys just, having uh, me on. Corners and quarterbacks. Yeah, so uh, I hope everyone Yeah, I hope everyone has a great rest of the day. Come to the Snowhawks versus Diablos game. Elks versus Gunners. Two great games on tonight. 6 p.m., 8 p.m. You know where you know where it's at. Come support the RFL and make sure you get your screenshot for your check-ins. You don't want people missing out. Sorry you to assume that we have any college prospects watching this. <laughs> well, that's that's the people who listen. Besides the coaches who play it on repeat. Oh man. Well yeah, I right, guess. Uh, talk talk to you guys later. Peace. See ya.